Are you, like pretty much every parent of younger kids I know, looking for a smart entertainment option for your kids? Designed for kids ages six and up, Mysteries About True Histories, also known as Math, How Smart Is That?, is a weekly podcast full of time travel, puzzles, hidden equations, history, and humor. And while kids will enjoy the stories anchored around characters like troublesome trolls, pirate queens, and mysterious aunts, adults can benefit too. I admittedly delighted in learning a thing or two about Pythagoras and triangles in one episode. Every episode follows two best friends, Max and Molly, who work together to solve riddles and math equations during their time-traveling adventures. The series explores themes like the stories behind math, critical thinking, code-breaking, pattern-solving, and more, all weaving humor in with education to make learning fun. Episodes drop every Thursday and are about 15 minutes long, a great length for transition times during the day or a bedtime treat. So tune in to Mysteries About True Histories with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your pods. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Edit Your Life, a podcast that helps you edit the unnecessary from your life so you have more room to enjoy the awesome. I'm Asha Dornfest, and I'm here without my co-host, Christine Ko today because I'm interviewing a very special guest to discuss today's topic, busting through paper clutter, which is pretty much the thing that I want to talk about most because uh, I'm very excited to tackle this. Paper is the thing I struggle with most. And um, I think I've mentioned this in past episodes. I have this tendency to um, really lose track of my incoming mail, the household filing, the paperwork. I just, I, I find it very hard to keep it organized and just keep it flowing. And um, I have this very bad habit of piling it on my desk or stashing it away or something in a bag and, and then saying, I'll get to it later. But then I find myself getting anxious about what I fear is in the pile. And um, I mean, it's, it's sort of gotten to the point where I've had to actually pay late fees on tiny little bills because I would forget to pay them or I would miss them in the pile. And it just doesn't make any sense. And I mean, what's especially weird is that when I gather my wits about me and open my mail, I usually find an uncashed check. <laughs> so there's actually a better chance of me finding money than, you know, a bill or something, something scary in there. So anyway, it's with this background that you can understand why I'm so excited about, um, about our special guest today, organizing expert Aaron Doland. Erin is the organizing columnist for Real Simple Magazine, and she's the editor-in-chief of Unclutterer.com, a website that recently celebrated its ninth birthday. She's also the author of the new book, Never Too Busy to Cure Clutter. Welcome, Erin. Yay, I'm so happy to be here. Well, I'm so happy, too, because we've been friends online for, we've just figured out basically as long as practically we've been blogging. So this is really wonderful to talk in person. I, I 100% agree. I'm so excited. <laughs> well, I mean, and I've been, I mean, I have been a, not just sort of a friend of yours online. I've been a reader of yours for, for years. And I, I love what you've done with Unclutter for all this time. And so um, anyway, I promise not to use this as my personal therapy session about paper clutter. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. That, that's, it's usually through personal stories where, you know, you, you get to the good stuff yeah. anyway. That, yeah. So don't, don't even worry about that. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, so why don't we start with a little bit of context? Um, and then in the second part of the episode, we'll move on to some strategies listeners can put to use. Um, 
I mean, I know I'm not the only one who struggles with processing paper, but also, you know, with that anxiety that goes along with it. Why? What is it about paper clutter that makes it so scary? Because it's constant. It's, it's you know, it's that, that mountaintop ice cap that melts, you know, all year long and just flows straight into our houses, you know, straight into our offices all the time. And, and, and that's just, it. you know, there's no, you can, you can build dams to kind of slow things down. You know, you can unsubscribe from magazines, you can pay your bills online, you know, you can do some things to reduce the flow, but you know, no matter what you do, there's always going to be the grocery store circular. There's always going, you know, there's just always going to be stuff coming into the house. And, and, and that's why it's overwhelming because it's, it's never ending. And at least for, for me, I get so little out of it. You know, like the most exciting thing that's been in my mail for a long time is like my Netflix, you know, (laughs) thank God for Netflix. Right. Right. I'm like, yay, Netflix day. Yeah. And, And so I, that's just it is that the, the vast majority of stuff that, that comes in is stuff that we, we don't even need to spend any sort of mental you know energy on, but it, it just keeps coming. That's such a good, that's so true. And actually, as you're talking about it, and I was sort of visualizing that whole ice flow uh, picture that you just painted, um, yeah. I was thinking about the fact that you're right. So much of it that comes in is literally stuff that just needs to go straight back out. And yet every now and then there's one thing that we really do need, you know, and that thing, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, text related or this or that, like you, you do have to pay attention. And I think um, sometimes that can be, that can be sort of scary, you know? Right. Right. You know, some, something comes in um, that is important, you know, a contract or uh, a document that, that needs real attention but it gets lost. It gets it, lost among among the clutter, the real clutter, you know. Yes. Um, and so, and so that that's really frustrating too, because you know it's all just piled in, and so there's no sort of prioritization of any kind, you know, that your mail carrier gives. It's yes. just you know, come on, mail carriers, you know. <laughs> step it up. Right. Um, exactly. Yeah. No, it's true. Um, well, one of the things I really love about your book. Um, you call it never too busy to cure clutter. Mm -hmm. And this is compelling because, you know, too busy is often how we feel when we think about any kind of decluttering. The whole Mm -hmm. operation just, it just feels overwhelming. And especially when it comes to paper, because it is never ending. So can you tell us a little about your sort of overall approach to paper clutter? Well, pretty much the premise for the entire book, not, not just not just uh, the the paper section in the book or my entire philosophy on, on cluttering actually is that it, it doesn't have to be this, you know, huge event. You know, we watch these television shows where, you know, people's entire homes are fixed of whatever, you know, issues plague them in, you know, 30 minutes. And although that's a short amount of time, you can see that that's clearly not how long, you know, it took to film the show, but that, but that we have these sort of expectations, you know, that, that, oh, I'm going to completely overhaul my office. I'm going to completely overhaul, you know, the kitchen. And, and the thing is, is that that's completely you know, unrealistic for the vast majority of us. We, you know, we get home from work, we call it a day, we feed the kids, 
you know, we get them ready for bed. We're exhausted, but somehow we're supposed to, oh, well, tonight I'm going to overhaul my entire pantry. You know, but that's that's impossible. You know, right. we are just too tired, too busy to take on a, pro- a project like that. So my idea and my approach is that, you know, everything we do can be broken down into 30 seconds or one minute or five minutes, maybe a 15 minute um, time period, you know, before we have to get out the door and, and do something else. And it's, it's that, you know, real success comes, you know, in little, little packets of time. And uh, so that's how the book is organized. And that's how I also approach, um, you know, paper clutter is, is those little, those little moments uh, where you can actually do a lot to relieve your own stress and anxiety. Well, that is very, very encouraging um, because breaking big jobs into, you know, small steps, like you said, sometimes 60 second steps um, is that that's something that Christine and I talk about. We just talk about this time and time again. We talk about it in minimalist parenting, you know, in all sorts of different contexts. And we talk about, oh, thank you. (laughs) And we talk about it a lot on the podcast, too. And, you know, in fact, it was funny. We recorded a whole episode about um, the KonMari method, which, you know, is Marie Kondo's method that's, you know, sort of being popularized. She takes an overhaul approach. And for Mm -hmm. and, you know, for some people that works. But I think for I agree with for most of us. Being able to, you know, slide in one minute of decluttering, even just one minute in one day and mm-hmm. making real progress is, is huge. It's a huge, right. and, huge thing. And uh, there are some, some things that really spoke to me in, in um, the tidying up book, but the entire approach didn't necessarily speak to me. I know mm-hmm. some people were the entire approach, you know, spoke to them. My right. cousin is huge fan. She went through her closet. She said, you know, thank you to the leather pants she wore in college. You know, like, (laughs) like she embraced it all. You know, um, I like it because any, any book, any text that's going to get out there that is going to speak to someone, you know, about the benefits and the process of uncluttering. Hey, I am all for that. But as I was reading it in the back of my mind, I just kept thinking this woman cannot have children. Mm -hmm. She, (laughs) like, 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 I am so glad she is speaking to so many people, which is fan- obviously fantastic. But, but in the back of my mind, it was like she, or she's, or she has superpowers, or you know, mm-hmm. you know, because with a two-year-old, um, in my house, I, I never get more than you know just a few seconds. And so, it, you know, when I when I wrote this book, it wasn't like, ha ha, I'm going to, you know, respond to. Yes you know, the tiny netbook, but it was more like, well, now I'm going to write the book that would speak completely to me. Right. And, and, and so that's how, that, that's how I, I did it because that's how my life is, is lived. It's in those short moments, those short, tiny bursts of energy. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm sitting in the dentist's office waiting for my appointment. I don't want to be at the dentist, but look at my purse. I can get rid of all this crap in it right now while I'm sitting here. Yeah. Yeah. No. And I think that's the thing. I think, you know, we, we have to find the way that works for us and, and, and whatever method that is, as long as it's a a method that's working and that might change, then, then it's a good thing. I I totally hear you. And I agree with you on that. I think that's great. All right. Well, um, I would love to get into some specific strategies around paper clutter, but first I have a little bit of housekeeping. So I'm just going to break away from you for a second, Aaron. And, okay. um, and actually <clears throat> I want to thank one of our, one of our listeners, um, for a really wonderful review that she left for us on iTunes. 
Um, Christine and I were both sort of felling over this. Felling. Does that does everyone know that word? That's a Yiddish word. It's a really good word. Um, um, FX Queen, you left us this review, and I just need to read it out loud to everybody because it really made us happy. She says, I listen to Edit Your Life as a treat during my commute home from work. When I get home, I feel refreshed like I've been spending time with my two most insightful and hilarious friends. Well, we couldn't really ask for more than that. And we were so, so touched that you left us that review. So thank you so much for that. And uh, I just want to I just want to put a little call out there to the rest of you. If you're enjoying our podcast, I hope you'll take a moment and leave a review on iTunes. It's really easy. It's really quick. And it actually makes a really big difference um, in terms of uh, helping new listeners find us. And it also really helps us gauge what's working for you and, and, and what isn't. So um, if you are not sure how to leave a review on iTunes, we've written up directions on our website. Go to edityourlifeshow.com and click help. And it'll be right, right there for you. It'll probably take you less than one minute to do. So thank you for considering. Now back to Aaron. Understood is a resource I have recommended for many years to parents looking for support with learning and thinking differences such as ADHD, dyslexia, and more. And I'm subsequently excited to tell you about their podcast, Understood Explains. This season, the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Urtube, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. They cover topics such as how to tell if your child needs an IEP, common myths about special education, and the difference between IEPs and 504 plans. I love how Understood Explains breaks down the overwhelm by unpacking an important topic each season and then drilling down further into key basics in each episode. Most episodes are between 10 to 15 minutes, and episodes are available in both English and Spanish. So fantastic, right? To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains wherever you get your podcasts. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us. And let's like get into it about paper clutter. Okay, you ready? <laughs> ready? Are you ready? <laughs> uh, am I ready? I think, I, I think I've been ready my whole life. <laughs> so, um, you know, obviously the timing on this conversation is really good. What with tax season and, you know, school assignments seem to be ramping up and, you know, people start like having the urge to spring clean. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it's a lot all at the same time. Um, So why don't we just kick this off with something specific? What would be your concrete suggestion on where to begin when tackling paper clutter? The first thing I, I, I believe every single person needs to do is find a way to get a trash can 
near their main entrance to their home. So wherever you bring mail into the house, start by putting a trash can or recycling bin right there. Yep. <laughs> because the biggest problem I see with my clients, I hear from readers, is that it all comes in, it gets laid down on the kitchen counter, and then dinner time comes and it gets moved to the top of the buffet. Mm. And then after dinner, when you're picking up, you know, the house, it gets moved from the buffet to the office. Now it's on your desk in your home office where it will sit for who knows how long. The pile gets bigger. Everything is in there. And half of it, you know, you've now touched three times. It's, it's completely nothing but junk mail. Yeah. You know, and you've spent days moving this thing around your home, but you've spent time worrying about it. So true. All a trash can or recycling bin so that, you know, when you are standing there, your coat is still on, you know, this time of year, you've still got gloves and boots, but you can go through the mail and literally throw away everything that should never even come into your home. Okay. That's so and easy to do. That's so that easy. We can so, all do that. Right. And that's oddly, that's a life changing maneuver and it is so simple. <laughs> okay. All right. I love that because that, yeah, that everybody can do that. And that will probably take care of, you know, half of the difficulty of this entire, this entire right. problem. Right. The second um, piece of advice is to have a pen, a writing pen uh, near that main entrance. So you immediately open up the important documents that you have and write either on the envelope or write directly on the document what the next step is. So again, you're still wearing your gloves. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You're still in your boots. Still get your coat on. And you take, you know, 30 seconds to write whatever, you know, pay bill by whatever, right on the envelope. And so immediately you have notified your brain, you know, as well as giving yourself a reminder of what the next action is. So even if it's just file, Uh you know, you now aren't going to spend the mental energy worried about what's in that envelope. Okay. That's huge. Actually, I think that's really, really huge is just sort of, because I think the other problem with the just physical clutter that comes with paper is that like, you have to make a decision about what you're going to do. And I think sometimes when you don't make that decision and you sort of look at the paper and throw it on your desk saying, Oh, you know, I'll think about it later. Right. When you make that decision right away, um, that anxiety goes away. Right. Maybe it it doesn't go away, but at least it's much, much less, much less. Um, you also know, you know, yourself, but if you do lay it down at that point on the kitchen counter, if you know, or on the buffet in the dining room or wherever it ends up, Um, If someone else comes across that piece of paper, they're going to know if it's, you know, clutter or if it's something that's important. Um, And so it signals, you know, if you live with other people, it signals to them what what's going on with that with that piece of paper, too. So that if you're not there and someone else, you know, is hiding up in that space, then they can help you out. (laughs) That's genius. Um, do. Uh, so those are honestly the most basic of basic things to start with. Um, and, and from there, obviously you already have paper in your house that's already piled up. I mean, we can, we can talk about that in a bit, but, but, you know, in terms of what's coming in, you know, if you can just take, you know, seconds, mere seconds upon entering your home, it can make such, 
such an incredible difference. And, and it's really surprising it, almost, almost to the point of it being comical. You yeah. know, you're like, you're like, Oh my gosh, that's all I had to do to be an adult today. You well, know? That's what I'm, that's what I'm sitting here thinking. Like, really? <laughs> Uh, like a trash can and a Sharpie will pretty much, you know, sort of revolutionize my life. But I think you, I think I'm just, I think it might. Right. So, which is, yeah, it's so, so many things in life are that way. Sadly, I'm finding as I get older. <laughs> very true. Very true. Well, but it's so helpful sometimes when someone just tells us these things, you know, and we don't have to figure it out ourselves. Exactly. So, um, okay. Well, that is really helpful. So actually let me follow up on that. So you've written, you know, your, your mail right now, we're talking about the incoming stuff. You know, the mail comes in, the junk is gone. It's in the recycling bin. You've written the next action on the stuff that you need to keep. Uh So presumably next actions are things like file or pay this bill by such and such a date or, you know, call so-and-so or read so-and-so or something like that. Do you then have a process for what to do with that um, action-oriented mail? Right. So everybody has, you know, different workflows in terms of what they do once, once stuff comes in. And there's, I'm, I'm going to take a, a little bit of a step back. Um, and just, just to give a, a basic concept of a writing is that, so throughout the course of our days, right, we are, on, you know, when we're really using our brains and trying to get through things and then times when we're off and we're just, you know, it's, it's like we're brain dead for a little bit, you know, we just have to step back. And in the research world, you know, they, they label these difference between mindful and mindless, you know, activities or mindful and mindless work. And so the vast majority of these actions that you will take with any paper that is in your home are what falls under mindless work. You know, you do not have to fully engage, you know, your entire brain to file something in a filing cabinet. Specifically, I mean, especially if you have already identified filing on it, you know, mm-hmm. so, so you know you're not even sorting beyond that. Um, so I, I, I pile my my paperwork into two inboxes. One is for mindless stuff and one is for mindful things. And um, so then as I'm going throughout my day, based upon how much energy I have, I tackle, you know, things in each of those, in each of those boxes. And so in, in this case, I'm talking physical, you know, physical stuff. Some things come in and they only need to be scanned. That goes into my mindless box. It does not, you know, I literally have to push one button to scan something that is totally mindless. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, so there, there's that stuff. Um, also it, it breaks it down to at the beginning of each day is when I sit down and I tackle the things that are in the mindful inbox, you know, things that I do have to, you know, I do have to think about. Um, and so that's, you know, that's where, that's where those two things come, come down. Um, and so it doesn't matter what you label them just that you categorize them so that you're not surprised by how much time or effort or energy has to be expelled on it. That on, makes on so much sense. Um, so, so that's, that's how I do it now. Mm-hmm. You know, there are obviously other ways, you know, if you want to get a five prong, you know, inbox system, you know, where you've got, you know, one box for things that need to be shredded, one box for things that need to be scanned, one box, you know, Obviously, you can you can completely do that, and they're sold online. Um, usually, is like 
teacher mailboxes, you know, in the school mm, supply section. Teacher um, mailboxes. That's a good idea. Never thought about right, that. Right. Like office mailboxes. So mm-hmm. if you want to break it down by actual activity, you know, so you have all of your scanning in one mailbox, that's, that's great for you if, if that's how you want to, you know, address it. Bills would be one, um, you know, articles to read and then file, you know, articles to read and then scan, you know, right. whatever, whatever those activities are. I don't personally need that much breakdown because uh, I get hung up on the act of filing, you know, like making sure things get in the right box instead of the act of taking care of what needs to be done. Uh, That's just my, that's my personality. But, you know, I do have clients who sort it all out and it works fantastically for them. And that's great. Um, I'm, I'm just the two file, you know, the mindless and the mindful, and that's enough for me. So that's, Oh, That's was, a way longer response than you want. <laughs> no, actually, it's not. I think um, I think actually I really love the fact that you're letting people off the hook for um, having to, you know, have a to pay to read to file thing, because I <laughs> I've tried to sort of conform to that for years and it doesn't work for me. And mm-hmm. what you're talking about really sounds so much more doable. You know, just it's funny. Another thing that Christine and I talk about is how can we do less and still get done what we need to get done. And I think that's what you're talking about here. So that is very helpful. I really, I really, uh, I think the mindful and mindless um, distinction is just, that's the bottom line, really. And I think that's that's, really helpful. And what they've actually, scientists, um, actually in my, in my book, I do refer to the actual study, but um, let's just call them vague scientists right now. Um, They have, (laughs) they have studied, right. Those people, um, they, they have studied, um, workflow over the day. And the most productive people don't sit down and work on hardcore things for eight hours a day, because that's not how our brains operate. You actually need the mindless work in there to give your, your brain room to work out, you know, what you're doing as well as build up, you know, the reserves of, um, you know, focus and, and, and things that you need to be productive in other areas of your, of your job. So Mm -hmm. You know, it's not like taking time out to be organized is slacking off. It's actually, you know, allowing your brain to do its job better. Okay, so that is so compelling. I'm, this is very yeah. exciting. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's really that's great. That's really great. And um, actually, you know, this this sort of you you did say something about scanning, which I would like to just um, address for a moment. Um, you talk about, I mean, I don't scan stuff. I either like get rid of stuff or I file stuff, but scanning stuff seems like a really smart thing to do. Um, do you have any sort of, uh, do you have like favorite tools uh, that you use for the job, a favorite type of scanner? Yes, I am. So uh, I was actually talking, my agent and I probably have like the strangest relationship on the planet um, in terms of like, I'm sure most writers sit down and talk to their agents about like the craft of writing and the business of writing. And, you know, that that's so not the relationship she and I have, <laughs> you know, we, we sit down and, you know, talk about who knows, who knows what, but the other day we were talking about what we would sell ourselves out for, you know, what would you become a product spokesperson for, you know? And uh, I said, you know, the Fujitsu scan snap and, and she was like, oh, my God, I have one. And I was like, I have three. You know, like, <laughs> one on every floor of the house. Well, I have a portable one. I have one on my desk and my husband has one on his desk. And what's so funny is my husband and my 
our desks are literally, uh, they touch, you know, it's not like we're in different groups of house, you know, but yet we're, we're both like, my scan snap, you know, don't touch my scan snap. Yeah. 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 So, um, so the, the Fujitsu scan snap is an incredible device. It is however expensive. Uh Uh, So, I mean, it's, it's not over $500, but it's over a hundred dollars. But it's, it's revolutionary. When it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play. And we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. You get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips. Lynn, this time of year, parenting can be such a fluster clucks. You've come to the right place. I'm Lynn Lyons, and I've been treating anxious families for over 30 years. I'm Lynn's sister-in-law and co-host Robin Hudson. Join us for Fluster Clucks, a podcast for parents who worry. Wait, that's everybody. Yeah, these last few years have felt like one long anxiety attack for so many. Why do you think parents are always surprised that a podcast about anxiety relates to them, even if no one in their house has an anxiety disorder? Well, worry is human. Everyone does it. And anxiety shows up when we face uncertainty. All the parenting tips you've taught me have been essential. I love to break it down into skills we need to manage worry in our families. We've covered so many topics, depression, burnout, meltdowns, perfectionism. Don't forget scary mothers-in-law. Right, but of course that's not my mother-in-law. Because that's my mother. And a listener. As a psychotherapist, I like to teach parents and kids how to respond to everyday moments in healthy ways. Managing anxiety really can be taught. It really can. And I'll even tell you what to say. We talk about serious stuff, but without being too serious. Anxiety wants everything serious. Anxiety doesn't stand a chance when we're laughing, even about the tough stuff. Uh, I think I think that my relationship with scanning and my uh, strong desire is that I've oddly had a good number of friends whose homes have burned down. Mm. So um, my uh, one of my best friends, you know, her place burned down uh, this past fall. She was at the time, you know, five months pregnant. Like oh it's just, you know, she, they had to leave their home, you know, instead of grabbing important, important documents. And I'm sorry to throw uh, a sheesh under the bus here, but, but he took the trash out, <laughs> you know, like, so everything, oh, everything was lost. I'm not, you know? I don't mean to laugh, but just, you know, I, I guess I'm just thinking about the strange things that our brains do when we're, you know, when we're in a, in a major bind and it's just right. so strange sometimes. She was at work and he was like, well, I'm, I'm just going to take the trash out mm-hmm. while I wait for the fire department. Um, yeah. So it, right. So anyway, no, I, I, we're at the point now we can laugh about it. They have, yeah. they have lost insurance payments have come through. The baby is totally healthy and happy. Oh. But so um, anyway, but uh, you know, she's, 
not the the first of my friends. Um, you know, it, it started where one of our employees, uh, Gary, lost you know, uh, lost his place. And the only thing that they had in their, um, fireproof safe were their wedding pictures, mm. which is awesome that that was saved, but you know, they're like, and that was all that was saved, mm. you know? And, and, um, and so that's really, it was with Gary and then my friend Karina, I'm, I'm not kidding. It's crazy. Um, but, uh, so each time it happens, I become more of an advocate because People think about scanning things and then getting rid of them, which is great. But it's also important to scan the things that you're not going to get rid of uh, because those are usually the most important documents. Um, as long as you're backing up online, you know, uh, I use Backblaze, but there's, you know, dozens of companies, Carbonite, you know, whatever, that do online secure uh, backups of, con- of your computer that are continuous. Mm-hmm. and so what's nice, I guess, is that um, if you do consistently uh, back up to the cloud, um, I also uh, recommend backing up to an external hard drive because um, uh, hard drives fail. That's like their job is eventually to fail. And so it's not a matter of if, it's always a matter of when. Right. And, and uh, what's nice about having the local external backups is that it's really easy just to just to pull information off of them. Whereas if it's an online uh, backup, that's kind of your worst case scenario yes. in terms of retrieving a, a document from there is going to be a lot more difficult, a lot more time consuming. Right. But you want that you want that added layer of security. Right. So um, so scanning for me is more about keeping track of what is most important. You know, the deeds to your house, a copy of you know, birth and marriage records, uh, copies of anything you might, you know, your insurance policies, anything you're going to need in an emergency and having access to that right away. Um, so, so my, yes, it's important to scan documents to get rid of, you know, the overall paper clutter. And in my book, I do break it down, um, you know, what documents you should keep, what documents you can, you know, shred, which ones, you know, um, you might want to ha- handle differently, et cetera. Anyway, it's, it's, it's all in there in terms of the, the major papers that, that come through the house. Um, and, but the, but the scanning is so important because it's, it's your, your security blanket, you know, right. you, it's a backup you get, system for your filing cabinet. Right. And, and so many people are like, well, I, I don't scan anything. And I'm just like, God, I hope your house doesn't burn down. You know, yeah. that's like my first, you know, my, my first, Fear right. for every everybody out there. Um, you know that's uh, that's. Um, hmm, I'm going to start. I might look at the scan snap on Amazon once we're done talking. Um, <laughs> you know, um, one actually one of my favorite features about your book is the you know what to keep, what to toss. Because I know that's that's a that's a tricky question for a lot of people. It's a big roadblock. <laughs> um, yeah. Can you give us some examples of of papers that people don't necessarily think they can toss, but they actually can? Like I'm thinking you know, can you toss those little pieces of paper that come out of the bank machine? Can you, I mean, I don't know, like, what do you do with pay stubs? What do you do with your credit card statements? Sometimes people say you can keep it. Sometimes, I mean, you can toss it and other people, you know, keep everything. Right. Um, So this is such a cop-out response. Uh, For the vast majority of us, 
we don't have any sort of special tax requirements. You know, mm-hmm. we're not um, we're not running a nonprofit out of our, our homes. You know, kind kind of a thing. So our our tax documents and and what to keep and what to shred can primarily be based on common sense. Uh, now there are people out there, you know, whose whose you know accounting systems are way beyond. Uh, the average person's. And so for those people, I do strongly recommend you talk to an accountant, you talk to a tax attorney, you make sure that you aren't doing anything that, you know, your state or the IRS would find, you know, loathsome. (laughs) So, but for the vast majority of us, things like pay stubs, uh, once you get the end of the year statement from your employer that has your overall payments, your overall contributions, for, for the year, you look over those 12 statements, you compare it to the end of the year uh, report. If everything is kosher, then just start shredding, um, you know, those, those pay stubs mm-hmm. because you have the more important document, the document that your employer has to file uh, with, um, with the federal government and that you have to file um, with the federal government. So once you have that document and you see that your supporting documents are in line with it, then you know everybody's on the same page, the appropriate paperwork is done, and you can get rid of it. Sure. Um, the same thing is true for things like credit card statements. And um, once you reconcile your, you know, your receipts at the end of the month, you make sure nobody has charged you more or less. That never happens, but you know <laughs> that that you have paid appropriately, um, that you have been charged appropriately. Once you pay off that you know, that statement and it's paid and then you reconcile it with the end of the year report, boom, you're done. You know, those monthly statements can, can be shred as long as, again, assuming you're not turning things over to the IRS to claim them for expenses. But for most of us, that's how it works. Um, For things like water bills, say you're getting those in paper form still. What I like to do is keep them for a year you know, make sure that my January statement of 2015 is comparable to my January statement of 2016. If it is, I can assume I don't have, you know, a toilet isn't running, you know, I don't have an underground pipe leaking, you know, what's, once those are, 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 are looked at, get rid of the 2015 one. Once you know, the 2016 one looks good, you know, and it's a constant moving once things make sense. Okay. Um, And um, it's, I'm trying to think there, there are some papers that come in that you're always going to keep, you know, your, your final notice saying you've paid off a loan, you know, Mm -hmm. you you want, you want that for always, you know, any, any sort of deed, you know, a copy of your, your will or estate plan, you know, there, there are things that you do want to keep indefinitely. As long as you have a pet and that pet is alive, you want to keep that pet's medical records. Yeah. You know, so that if something comes up, you can take the whole file. Same with humans, you know. Yeah. Um, eat. Um, so I'm not talking about like those, this is not a bill statements that you get from the insurance oh, provider. Man, those I, things, I hate those things. Oh my God. And then when the real bill comes, you're you like don't even notice it because yes. you think it's the, this is not a bill statement. Um, that, ju- that just happened to me last week. Yeah. I got, I got a little call and it was like, what do you mean? I haven't paid this. Oh yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Totally been there. Uh, uh-huh. two weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> um, so, so, um, you know, it, it's, it's that being able to, 
to keep, you know, to keep those, this is not a bill statement, you know, away from the, the real bills. Once you have things organized and you're actually dealing with them, you know, it's way less likely that, you know, situations will come up where you get the call. In our case, our, our medical practice actually moved and they were sending our real bills to, you know, a, a, a place we lived six years ago. <laughs> okay. So. Then you get a, you get a free pass. Right. Right. But it's still, it's still one of those things where when they did call, I was like, whoa, ho, ho. and I knew, you know, I, I knew that I received nothing, but this right. is not. A- um, and so that's what being on top of things does is it reduces the stress. Yes. It's a frustration, you know, but I could easily say, no, we have not received anything. Can we start by checking where you're sending these to? Can exactly. we start, by, you know, and, and working through it that way. So the conversation and the resolution came about, you know, in less than 15 minutes, instead of me then having to clean my entire desk, sort through all my papers to, you know, right. so hmm, sounds, sounds familiar, <laughs> but, but I hear you. I mean, I, I think what, you know, the, the important thing that I have really gathered from this conversation is that just that initial sort, you know, that initial standing next to the trash can, you know, with your gloves and boots and, you know, writing on those envelopes, you know, that sort of daily touch and daily contact with the incoming paper, um, that just really helps you, you know, stay on top of it. And, and, and it reduces the anxiety around all that other stuff. And, you know, I think it really and I the other thing that I really appreciate about what you're saying is that this can really apply to all incoming paper. I'm talking about school flyers. I'm talking about, you know, everything that comes into the house, you know, just before it really makes it past the threshold. Get rid of it if it's not necessary and make a decision right away about what needs to happen. You don't have to do that action right that moment, but just decide what that action is. And so then at least you'll know. And I think right. that is that's just huge. And I I think it's 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 also really huge for those of us who have a backlog to deal with, you know, just like go through and at least decide what needs to happen. And then you'll you know, you'll at least sort of have it in mind. Right. We had to. It's also important to think about your changing needs. <laughs> you know, like when my son started school, I didn't realize what that meant in terms of influx of paper into the house. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like. I was probably six weeks into his kindergarten year when I, when I noticed that there was now this new pile on top of our media center, you know, like, like I growing pile, somebody took a picture and the media center was behind me. And I was like, what is that? And then, and and then it was photobombed. You're right. right. Piles photobombed you. Exactly. (laughs) And, and so what we, we did, we, we went out and we got, uh, not even fancy basket from container store. You know, I think it cost us four ninety nine. Um, it's just some balsa wood, you know, box. Um, and in it goes those things that he brings home that, you know, he's taken pride in creating. Uh, and what we need is time between when he brings them home and when we sort them, because my son is wonderfully sentimental and I love it. Uh, but you know, every drawing he does every, you know, time he's written his name on a piece of paper, you know, he now has to keep it. And so we, we put those things now in a box. And then at the end of the semester, we go through the box and we decide, okay, what is going to go into your forever file? What you know, this is a conversation with him. He's part of this, you know, what are we just going to scan? So we have a digital copy of, but we don't need, 
the original. What are we going to fold up and put in an envelope and send to grandma? You know, like, and then what grandmas, they'll take it all. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Sorry, grandmas and grandpas. Um, And then, and then, you know, what are we just going to let go? Well, Um, he's so lucky to, to have this process to go through with you. I mean, (laughs) no, really. Because, you know, I have a sentimental kid. I know about this, um, but I haven't always had the wherewithal to be able to actually think through the process. And so the fact that you have, you know, you sort of have that in mind already and you can share that with him, that's going to set him up for, you know, for a lifetime of handling his own bills someday. And his own whatever (laughs) papers, his own little crayon drawings when he's 40 years old. Yeah, let's, 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 let's hope. But, but it's those things where, you know, your life changes, different things come up, solutions need to be found because they're stressing you out. You know, I like, I don't want that in the background of my pictures. I don't want to look at that and, and think, what is that? You know? And so now it has a box, it has a place and, you know, that's where the papers live, you know, until, until the end of the semester. And, and so just whatever it is, you know, a friend of mine, she started giving money to, uh, animal rescue agencies and, you know, got put on a list. And then she started getting solicitations to give money to 9,000, you know, Mm -hmm. SPCA type groups. And, you know, she, her heart went out to all of them. She wanted to, you know, give something, but she didn't want, you know, but she couldn't because she would go bankrupt. So she started doing that. Every time a request came in, she put it in a box. And then every December, she would go through the box, look at all of the requests, and then decide who she would give money to. You know, so, um, so smart, you know, because it, it honors her desire to help and her, you know, her real true desire to to be of service. But yet she was also honoring herself by not sort of dealing with an onslaught every single day. Right. And and I think that that's it is really just taking the time to think about what you're doing, you know, and what, what types of things are going on in your life and finding the solution that works best for you. You know, I'm all in favor of systems and, and methods, you know, that come, you know, kind of like this out of the box, Ta-da, you're now organized. You know, those are great if they work for you. I'm, I'm almost like a person who goes out of my way not to do those things. You know, it's like, oh, you want me to be organized? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'll I show can, you. I, I'll show you. Yeah. You know, it's like elementary school or or high school, you know, a teacher, you know, you know, loses faith in you about something, you know, and, and, and thinks that, you know, well, I want this by this date. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to turn that in. That's so funny. You should do. We, uh, we, we recorded, Christine and I recorded an episode, uh, all about one's inner rebel. Um, and it, it deals with this topic, shall we say? Um, well, I, I mean, I think that that is actually a perfect place to to close because I think that the the biggest meta theme of our podcast is about finding what works best for you, and that's that's a process. That's a process, and it changes. Um, but uh, you know, it's as apt as anything else about you know how you deal with your paper clutter. And I, I just I really love to hear you say that, Erin. I mean, you're you're an author of organizing multiple organizing books. You write about organizing for a really fabulous national magazine. And here you are saying you need to find the system that works for you. And I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. Well, um, this has been so helpful, Erin. Thank you so much for spending time with me and talking to me about this stuff. This is really, really great. 
I, I, uh, I think our listeners are going to be like raring to go to buy their scanners and get started. Um, <laughs> so um, anyway, folks, isn't she great? Isn't Erin great? This is why we've been friends for all of these years. And she's <laughs> just, she, she, her book is incredible. Um, I, I loved it. Um, it's called Never Too Busy to Cure Clutter. I mean, it's perfect for jumpstarting your paper decluttering or frankly, your whole life decluttering. But the thing I also love about the book is that it's great to just keep on the shelf. And when you find yourself with an extra three minutes in your day, you can flip through the book and find your, you know, find a little task to do that will, you know, help you make real progress on decluttering, whatever it is you need to declutter in your life. So I encourage you to go get that book. It's really, really great. Um, Erin, thanks again for spending time with me today. Thank you for having me. I, yay. I'm so glad we could do this. (laughs) Me too. Uh, so I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm actually dying to get to my mail right now, but <laughs> I'll actually close out our episode and um, remind you listeners that you'll find the show notes, including links to resources we've mentioned. I will link up that scanner. I'm going to link up Aaron's book. I might even link up some good, you know, trash cans or something. <laughs> um, you'll find the show notes at edityourlifeshow.com. And finally, if you found this interview helpful, please take a moment to leave a review on iTunes. Again, it really helps us gauge what's working for you. And it also just gives us the warm fuzzies and makes us feel good. So, uh, so take a moment to leave a review. We would really, truly appreciate it. Thanks so much for listening. Well, hey there, busy mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free, a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it but I will give you practical and more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free.